John Schuler. Hey, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> like that one? Eeyore. Yeah. Eeyore. Hey, Brandon. Hey, how's it going? I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Right on, man. Yeah, so I bought, maybe you saw my Facebook post and my Instagram post, but I bought a 3D printer, came in on Friday, and I've been 3D printing concrete molds, which I'm really excited about. But uh, I've been looking at 3D printers for years and years, and I designed a sink that it was complex enough that in the past I would have sent it out to be CNC'd, but when I've done that in the past, depending on the on the complexity and the size, it's between three dollars and $5,000 be, to be CNC'd. So I thought, well, let me let me 3D print this. And I've subbed out 3D printing to, there's all these online companies that, that will do 3D printing. And so I took my design and I split it into six pieces, which it would need to be to be 3D printed. And I sent it to um, Shapeways and it was going to be super expensive. It was going to be pretty much the same price as uh, as CNC. Really? So I bought a 3, yeah, so I bought a 3D printer. It came in on Friday, and I was so excited. I set up my house. I even I haven't even moved it to my shop yet. It's still sitting on my dining table at my house. But I set it up, and I spent the whole weekend 3D printing the six parts of the sink mold. And I brought it in to my shop on Monday and assembled it. And I've been doing the whole thing. And dude, it worked perfectly. It worked beyond no, expect. Awesome. Yeah, I'm psyched. It worked beyond expectation. So anybody that's on the fence about a 3D printer, I know nothing about about G well, code and modeling. You, right? I mean, yeah. sorry, I'm interrupting you. I, I mean, the first thing I'm, as I'm listening, cause I've talked to Joe Bates about this too. And uh, every time I sit down and you know, what do I know about 3d printers? So, you know, I'll Google like best 3d printer or, you know, what, and man, I, I mean, I guess, so for me, just my first question, aside of what you're doing, it, what made you decide, what got you to decide on the printer you piced up and why? I mean, what, so what's the benefits that you see towards the concrete or whatever based on the printer that you, that you ended up picking up? Two things. One was the print envelope. It had to be big enough. And the second thing okay. was the speed. So there's, and resolution, I guess there's three things, and resolution. Because there's some big ones that were maybe made five, six years ago. You can pick up on Facebook Marketplace for 500 bucks, you know, 300 hmm. bucks, whatever. But they're really slow and the resolution, each each layer is pretty thick. And so it's got, you know, pretty noticeable layer lines, which I didn't want because you have to, you have to get rid of those, whether by yeah, a painting epoxy or high build yeah. primer or whatever you got to do to get rid of it. So the bamboo, it's bamboo labs, B-A-M-B-U, bamboo labs, they, there's a company called DJI. You ever seen those um, drones, DJI drones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the most uh -huh. popular one. Well, I guess a couple of people that founded DJI left and started a company called Bamboo Labs to do 3D printers. And so, you know, they uh, they approached it from kind of a different mindset, but it uses like LiDAR and it's just super fast. And um, it's really interesting. I watched a bunch of different uh, videos on their 3d printer, but essentially it like anticipates the motion because there's momentum and it compensates for it. It's just crazy mm. the way these, you know, all the technology goes into it, but so it's really fast. It'll build 10 by 10 by 10 is the build envelope. So for a 3d printer, that's pretty big and, um, really good resolution. So I took a chance. I bought one 
like I said, I know nothing about G code. I know nothing about programming. I know nothing about any of that. I have a buddy in Arizona that's a professional prototyper and he had 3D printers when they first came out and they're like $20,000. I think he had one that's like $50,000 back in the day. Mm. He has all these CNC's, top of the line CNC's, huge building, tons of employees. He does government contracts, medical contracts, short run production stuff. But um, I'd have him 3D print stuff, you know, in 2010 maybe. And back then, like... 3D printers that were high resolution were like 50,000 bucks. I remember I went to his his uh, office once and I saw this thing. I was like, that's 50,000 bucks. I mean, it was like the size of like a suitcase. But I was like, that's 50,000 bucks. I was like, yeah. And like the build envelope was like three inches by six inches by three inches. I mean, it wasn't that big, you know? But um, wow. but anyways, my point is he he's really knowledgeable. That guy's really knowledgeable on programming and, and G-code and all the stuff that goes into it. And that's what he does for a living. That's what he's done. His dad owned the company. He bought the company from his dad. So he's been in that his whole life. He's probably late 40s now. I know nothing about it. I'm a complete novice when it comes to this. Bamboo, the company, they have their own software for the printer. So I took my models that I did in SketchUp and I dragged each section in one at a time and it automatically does everything. You, you select how much infill you want, like the inside, you know, because it does like a like a honeycomb, you can select what style you want, how much, you 15%, 10%, whatever you want. And then you select your outside thickness and um, the resolution. It's really basic, just, you know, click, click, click your settings, and then you hit slice, which is the next button, and it, it does all the G-code, and then you hit send to printer. And that's it. Hmm. I mean, it's, they made it so easy that even somebody as stupid as me, and I'm pretty stupid when it comes to this kind of technology, somebody as stupid as me can get great results. So, you know, I have nothing to do with bamboo. I'm not affiliated. I don't, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying it was easy enough that a guy like me that knows nothing about that got really, really, really good results. So I'm psyched on it. Well, years ago, I mean, this goes way back years ago. And and this brings I was talking to even Sean Albright about this one time. You know, I started to sit down and try to figure out SketchUp. I even came close to signing up for like a three-day course it was down in the bay area to go learn sketchup because again i i don't know i just get frustrated with that kind of stuff but um so but what you're telling me is unless i'm misunderstanding part of this with the 3d printer is also get friendly if you will with things like sketchup or whatever that fusion 360 or What's the one that Joe uses? He uses Rhino, I think. Okay. Yeah, or SolidWorks. I mean, there's a bunch of different ones, but um, uh, I think he does SolidWorks. Yeah. Yeah. That's Fusion what it was. Fusion 360. That's really the one I should be doing, and I need to get back. I bought Fusion 360, the subscription, the yearly subscription. I bought it and I started doing the online classes that they have to learn it. And you know, I've, I spent a couple of weeks doing it, and I got pretty good to where it was starting to make sense. I started to understand it. And then uh, I just got busy and I stopped. But I need to get back to it. SketchUp, you have to have SketchUp Pro, which again is a yearly 500 bucks a year or something. I can't remember what it's, 300 bucks a year. I don't remember. But um, it's a yearly subscription you have to pay. But you can export 3D um, AutoCAD models, DWG, DXF, okay. STEP files, STL files, things like that. And that is what the program needs. So the basic SketchUp doesn't do that. It won't, ex it won't export in that format. So then you can't export into the bamboo software 
or whatever other 3D printer you have the software, but SketchUp Pro will. But the problem with SketchUp Pro, and there's probably plugins that do it, but if you want to create like a shell, like I want to take the shape, I want to make a shell of it so I'm not printing all this infill so I can just have a shell. I can do that pretty easily in Fusion 360. I don't know how easy it is to do in SketchUp and like doing a fillet, hmm. doing a round over on the edges. Again, Fusion 360, you just highlight the edges, fill it three millimeter, whatever you want, and it just automatically does all the round over and that's on the file. Again, SketchUp, there's probably plugins that do it, but I'm not, I'm not familiar enough to do it. But yeah, definitely programming is important. I would, I'm, I'm on the fence. Uh, I, I feel like I need to reach out to some local people here in Wichita, younger guys that this is all they do as far as programming and develop a relationship and then just outsource the modeling to them because they'll be way faster at it than I am. And that's what I used to do in Phoenix. There was a guy, Ryan Bruce, RB. And Ryan Bruce was a phenomenal, phenomenal modeler. Like he could model anything. And he was a hired gun for all these uh, companies around the world, specifically automotive. So like Audi or BMW or Porsche, they would, if they had something they couldn't model correctly, they would get in contact with him and he would do all their modeling. I would have him do my stuff. And it was great because we'd just meet for coffee. I'd sketch out an idea and say, here's what I want. And he'd boop, 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 boop. Literally while we're sitting there, he'd spin around a computer like this. Dude, just like that, except I want this. Yeah. I want this to be just a little bit. He's like, okay, boop, 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 like that. I'm like, dude, that's it. Perfect. And he was so fast at it. That would have taken me all day to do. And he literally did it in three sips of coffee. Done, right? So it's one of these things that I need to leverage people that are better at that kind of stuff than I am. I still want to learn it, but I, I do feel like I might need to make some connections and outsource that to somebody where I can just pay yeah, them hourly I would rate. Say the same. I, I, I want to learn how to do it, but yeah, I, I I'm not going to do it every day, so I don't need to be a pro, but with anything for me personally, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. If I feel so out of place, it doesn't matter if we're talking about, you know, what fixing cars, I, I don't care. Then I'm just uncomfortable with it. And I don't like that being uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. So Ryan Bruce, he went on Ping Golf, P-I-N-G, Ping Golf, one of the biggest manufacturers of golf clubs and and uh, accessories. Ping hired Ryan Bruce to come be their lead designer in-house. So uh -huh. he went to work for them. Right he on. did all their design stuff. And then he went mountain biking. He, he got like super healthy. When I knew Ryan back in the day, he was like always smoking cigarettes and always, you know, going out every like, hey, I'm going to be at this bar. You should come, come eat up. He's drinking every night, you know, but then it got healthy later, a little bit later in life. This was in his mid thirties, maybe late thirties, got healthier, mm. started like working out, mountain biking, eating healthy. And uh, he went mountain biking and had a heart attack and died. So yeah, it's kind of sad. He was a really, really nice guy and super talented, incredibly talented, but uh, yeah. Well, thanks for taking the podcast again. <laughs> well, dude, it's something we're all destined to do. We're all destined to die. So, you know, there is just... no question about that. And you know, the sad thing is, just when you said that, it just reminded me that I need to pick up a new Colomex X06 because mine died yesterday. Well, there you go. There so, you go. I've been listening to yeah. uh, Jack Johnson for the last two days in my shop. I don't know how I got on the Jack Johnson radio, but I did. I like Jack Johnson. But um, a lot of his songs have to do with that. If you listen to the lyrics, a lot of songs have to do with, with death and life. Like, you know, one of the lines uh -huh. which I was like is one goes out as one comes in. Essentially, one of his friends passes away, but then another one of his friends has, has a baby, you know? 
And it's just like, hmm. that's the cycle of life. And um, it is, yeah. You know, so I've become a little more pragmatic about it as I've gotten older and people I know have passed away. My grandparents passed away. And, um, you know, it's just, that's the cycle of life, man. Cycle of life. So anyways, this podcast has been, you know, kind of a, a crazy week online. And we'll just leave that uh, for another day. I don't know. I feel like talking about any of that. What? What happened, man? What happened? <laughs> what happened? Nothing happened. But nothing um, happened. exactly. Yeah, nothing. But something that has been a constant conversation. We had a podcast. We've had a couple podcasts that have touched mm-hmm. on this. Is kind of a slowdown in the market. And I've seen yeah. it. I've seen it myself. But I've seen it in all the industries. I have a buddy that's a builder in Boise, and he's telling me that every one of the trades that works for him is slow. And so these guys, painters, drywallers, electricians that used to come and do projects, you know, on his houses and, uh, and then would take three, four five months to bill them because they're so busy, they wouldn't get around to it. Now, the second they're done, they're like, Hey man, can I get paid? Can I get paid? Can I get a check? Like the second they're done. And so it's one of the things that it's, it's some, you know, elections coming up. There's a lot of uncertainty in the market. Yeah, I think they- yeah, agreed. I think there's lots of reasons for it. Yeah. And not everybody. I mean, I'm talking to some people that are still, but that doesn't mean they're, I mean, who knows? Who knows? You know, depending on where you're at, what's going on, you know, what your clientele is. Like, I, literally, I was just talking to Joe, the same the same thing. I mean, he hit a, a pretty good lull period. Uh, for me, this, as most people know, I typically walk away from the shop anyway during the winter time. And then focus on materials, focus on sealer, new advancements, new ideas, or you know things I had old ideas about but had to shelf because technology just hasn't been there yet. So now I'm pulling them back off and moving forward with them. So for me, getting back in the shop, no, I, I have projects going on. But uh, man, hearing with some people, it's like, what do you do with your time when you're slow? What do you do? Is that where we're going with this? Or did yeah. I just like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But I guess where I was going, John, before you put your little symphony in there is yeah, right. I get it. It's a slow time right now. And it's a topic of conversation that continues to come up for you. And the conversations I've had with people this last week, it's been a topic of conversation yeah. that I've had with people. So it's on people's minds. And I think it's good to talk about. And really there's opportunities. You know, that's what we said before. There's opportunities in these situations and there's opportunities for growth. When things go down, there, there's an opportunity if you look for it. And right. I'm not going to go through all the things that we talked about before about generating new ideas. I think that's a really great podcast we did. And you can go back and listen to that one. But really, this podcast, we should talk about ways you can grow your business or ways you can attract new clientele in a downturn. Do you want to kick that off? Well, I mean, I think now we're just leaning back on some old ideas, meaning the, you know, over all the years, we've all talked about anything from, let's say, the proverbial luncheon learns to whatever the case may be. And in my opinion, this would be the time if you don't have something going on. How would I say it? You know, who was around 10 years ago is not necessarily who's around now, meaning, man, back then there was, in fact, in Stockton, it's about an hour away from me. We went into this amazing showroom this showroom literally catered to, let's say, the upper class 
you know, the people in the $2 million homes and above and, you know, everything you walked in there was like, oh man, geez. I mean, I almost felt like a, you know, a dirty troll walking in there because everybody working there is all, you know, dressed to the nines and et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, damn, okay. But what was it like two years or so afterwards, they went out of business for various reasons. So during a slow time, I guess where I'm going with it, this would be the time to just get out there and look again and, and see who's available, what designers you haven't talked to, what contractors you haven't talked to. Um, I, I mean, that's kind of what I would say. Again, now my mindset's a little different because I kind of put my mindset in this like 50 mile radius of my shop that, I don't know, man, I just haven't got there yet to like ship things, but I could. You know what I mean? So uh, pursue those avenues. This would be the time. I guess what I'm saying is this is not the time to be watching old Maury Povich reruns because it's slow. This would be a great opportunity to to focus on are you going to get yourself into a position when things turn around? Because they will. And did you get yourself in a position to be a part of that? Or are you still playing catch up when that happens? That's a good point. Yeah. Well, from my perspective, in a time like this, when you're trying to drum up new business, attract new clientele, make new connections, there's a few ways. You mentioned a lunch and learn. I've never done a lunch and learn. And I've yeah, always I never have either. I've always been anti-lunch and learn because when I talk to architects about them, the only reason they really like them is because they get free booze and free food. They don't care. You're essentially, you know, it's like it's like buying a friend for 30 minutes. They don't care. They don't care. And so if you waste your time and their time, but you get them into a room by bringing wine at five o'clock or, you know, lunch, a lot of them are done in the, in the afternoon. So I'll have like a happy hour lunch and learn type thing. But if you essentially bribe these people to come in by giving them free stuff and they'll just sit there and like drink their wine and nod their head and you're giving a slideshow of like all this different stuff you've done. Hey guys, great. You know, let's, let's stay in touch and do something together. And you walk out there and you're like, oh, yeah. whatever, you know, I guess I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be at the gym. I gotta pick my kids up. They don't care. They don't yeah. care. So those I sandwiches hate, were terrible. I would never get those. That's, that's what they're talking about yeah. when you're walking out of there. I, I yeah. hate trying to convince anybody of anything. Yeah, that's that's the worst way. Before I go down that road, I just one of the best movies I think made is Wolf of Wall Street. Every time I watch Wolf of Wall Street, it gets better and better and better and better. Right? It's just such. A, the first time I saw it, I was like, eh, eh, it's good. Second time I watched it, I'm like, dude, this is really good. Third time I was like, oh my god. And now it's just phenomenal. Like it's such a good movie. But the very end of it, it's it's uh, Jordan Belfort, and he's you know, the real one actually introduces him on, on the movie, but, um, he does the whole, sell me this pen thing, right? Yeah. Sell me this uh, yeah, pen. We've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like selling features and oh, this pen, it writes upside down and blah, blah, blah. He's like, sell me this pen. Next guy, sell me this pen. I'm not going to ruin the answer for it. I know what the answer is. People focus on the wrong things. Right. And so if you're going in, you're trying to convince somebody, you like go into an architect's office, try to convince them to use concrete. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of everybody's time. So I'm personally not a big fan of it, but there are ways to get out there and meet the right people. I think the one, who the heck keeps texting me? Oh, an architect is texting me asking, have, have I ever thought about trying to get into the 3D printing concrete business? Because he saw my 3D printer thing. Mm. 
Dude, I think I think 3D printed concrete, again, I'm I'm getting sidetracked here. I think 3D printed concrete's a great idea. I think we're several years out from it being viable on a on a, any type of scale, you know, probably decades out. But I do think it's cool. I do think I, I love seeing I think one's called Icon 3D. I think they do 3D printed houses like in Austin and other places. That's awesome. I'm I'm super excited on it, but I think we're a ways out. Anyways, back to to uh drumming up clients. So I don't want to try to convince anybody of anything, but farmers markets, I think that's really the untapped potential. Some guys are already doing it and some guys are already doing it, but I think there is a market right there. It's low cost. You go out on a Saturday morning, you set up, you have a little table, you have some really cool concrete wares, whatever it is, uh, little pots, whatever, maybe you have a cornhole board that you set up out there and you just sit there and you talk to people as they walk by, Hey, how's it going? You know, they come up, Oh, you do concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, we just bought this house. We're going to need a fireplace around. We need some sinks. You do that? Absolutely. Let me give you my card. Let's touch base. Great. You're not convincing anybody of anything. It's the, the people that are interested will come up and talk to you. The people that aren't will just walk right by. So in my opinion, that's a super, super low cost, low, low stress. You know, it's just, it's a chill vibe. People like farmer's markets. You know, I go on Saturday mornings with my kids, you walk around, you eat popcorn it's just a chill vibe. That's that's the kind of environment you want to meet people at that are interested in what you do. And I think that that's if... A, if that's not a bad idea. It's yeah. a great idea. If I was trying to trying to generate new clientele, that's the first place I'd start because a farmer's market, I don't know, I haven't looked at the rates, but it's probably a couple hundred bucks each weekend to have a, a booth there. So it's pretty, pretty low cost. The second thing that a lot of people jump to would be a trade show. And we talked about trade shows in the past. There are trade shows that are worth it if you have a product that is ready for that type of market, meaning that you've developed some really innovative product, whether it's a fire pit, furniture, cladding, whatever it is, and you're ready to go to the big trade shows. So there's Dwell on Design. There's, um, oh, what's the big one in... Uh, ICFF, International Contemporary Furniture Fair. There's a bunch of different ones. ASLA, the American Society of Landscape Architects has a trade show. But you need to be ready for that. You can't just go and set up a table and, and have your concrete wares. Hey, Bob, how's it going? You need to, that's going to be something you have to invest in. And to go to those trade shows realistically cost ten dollars to $20,000, realistically. If not more, if you count for all the time it took to build the booth, to transport the booth, to get back, to get back to work, it might cost more than that. But that is yeah, that is an avenue. It's just not one that I, I would say is beneficial for most people at the stage that you're trying to generate revenue. That's more for you got a product ready and you're wanting to get to, you know, bigger accounts. Something you're talking about earlier today was social media. How do you think social media plays into this? Well, I think it's a weird time. Yeah. See, like, so I'm going to turn this psychological, right? All of us have our, and now again, this is my point of view. Not that you asked me anything different, but how would I say it? I think today social media plays a lot on the way we look at and then address per conversations we're having right now. As an example, <clears throat> person things going on, I just had conversations with other people. And I happened to be talking to someone who's like, man, John, I just don't know how you do it, man. I don't know how you put yourself out there like that. You know, he says, he goes, that's just so uncomfortable to me. Meaning he's not that kind of person. So 
if social media becomes part of your life and some of social media, let's just be honest about it. I mean, it could be extremely abusive, right? So if you're the kind of person that's has difficulty putting yourself out there, you know, maybe you don't have to be as, um, I keep forgetting the word. What's the word people sometimes say about me, Brandon? Not that I'm forward, but you're direct, direct. Yeah. There you go. That sometimes I can be too direct. I get it. But where I'm going with that is if you're that person that's not direct and that's inclined in you. And at the same time, you've learned that social media can be so brutal. So you, you know, you shy away from it and stay away, especially come post COVID man. Um, then I think these are people per what we're talking about, you know, getting to a farmer's market and getting out there and putting yourself out there can be a real struggle. That's, that's my opinion. And that's what I'm seeing as an example. Like now this guy, no problems. I was talking to Dale Cecil and what he's noticed a dramatic change. Now he also builds homes, custom homes. And what he's noticed a dramatic change post COVID is Pre-COVID, he would go to meetings. There would be meetings, right? And everybody kind of enjoyed, hey, come to my office, sit down, let's look at these plans or whatever the case may be. He's like, today, and he's not blaming it on COVID, but, you know, COVID transition, you know, all these things, um, social media, you know, now people are like, mm, no, <laughs> no, send me an email, you know, just text me that. So, We've become very, very standoffish in general. So to me, this also would be an opportunity to even fight your own whatever. <laughs> Just get out there. Get out there. See what it's like again. You know what I mean? Open the door, step into the sun, and per what you're just saying, so as you and I are talking, and I'm the one who's still talking, we have farmer's markets going up. You know what? Just gonna, I'm going to do it. I'm trying to think right now, like, what can I make to take to a farmer's market? Uh, maybe it's not about things sitting on my table. Maybe it's just me sitting there, you know, uh, with concrete in general. No, but no, don't do that. No, make some it. cool, make some cool stuff. I'm, no, you should go do the farmer's market for sure. But yeah. make some cool stuff. Make some cool little planters. Uh, make some trivets. Make some, um, you know, I've always wanted to make these concrete koozies more or less for glasses, mm -hmm. for whiskey glasses that you could freeze in a freezer, take them out, put your whiskey glass in to keep your whiskey cold without ice in it. You could do stuff like that. And you, you know, you have like a little set on the table with all this other stuff and just things that are, are fun to make in your shop with leftover concrete. You can set up the molds and pour them. And then it's just a conversation starter where somebody walks up to you, you know, you're in wine country. So I do all kinds of wine stuff wine bottle holders, wine glass, you know, tray, whatever. But um, just a conversation to come up. Hey, how's it going? Great, great, great. You do concrete? Absolutely. Been doing it for 20 years. Awesome. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, go check out this winery. We did all the stuff there. And they that that's the conversation opener for their project. And it's it's the low stress aspect. That's what I like about Super it. Super low stress. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but where I'm going with this, get yourself out there. Exactly. Get yourself out there. Nobody's going to know you do guards, it sitting at home. Yeah. Yeah. You no. got to be out there. No, this would be the time, you know, and it's perfect because I am a believer in, you know, things happen at the right time. You know, I think we've talked about this before and, you know, there might be a lot of things in your life that you've fought forever, whatever it would be. And then a realization that whenever it, finally comes to fruition, it's, 
dude, it's, this is when it was meant to be. So check it out. If you're having a slow moment, hell, slow months, days, weeks, whatever, this is the perfect opportunity to use that to the best of your ability. Maybe that's going on a vacation. I don't know. But if it's business related and you want to, hell, maybe even explore something. Maybe, again, this is what we all hear this. Man, I don't want to do another countertop. Okay. Then what would you like to be doing? Well, I've always wanted to make these, like you just say, trivets. I don't know. Well, great. <laughs> Start making them and transition your business another direction. That's what I was just talking to Dwight, in fact. And you remember Dwight? Dwight had, was it Crete Molds? I mean, yeah. he still has Crete Molds. Yeah. But there was a time he was saying that, you know, Crete Molds had become so big, so fast. This is just him and me chatting that it felt like a huge weight on his shoulders. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like all of us sometimes with business, he's trying to keep up. He's, you know, um, orders coming in. He's not keeping up. You know, he goes from hero to zero in two seconds. Why am I doing this? Blah, blah, blah. And then again, maybe he meet a saturated market. I don't know, but he was just telling me that he started transitioning into a slower time and he was making these fireball molds And then he was casting some more is just like testing his molds, but he found out pretty quickly. People were coming up like, these are beautiful. These, this, you know, the actual fire tables, a fire bowl or whatever. And so he didn't really see it coming. And now he is been moving part of his business and keeping him busy and surprising himself, getting back into concrete and, and doing really well or well enough that he's happy with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what he did. He, he could have sat back and said, Oh geez, you know why? But no dude, just turn it, turn it. What were you interested in? And he, you know, here we go. So that's what I, that would be my advice to including myself. Um, if I was in that position, that's what I would be doing. Yeah. Well, I am in that position sort of, in a sense of, I just shipped four crates yesterday. I have another crate I have to ship. And I got a deposit from a client um, yesterday for a, another erosion sink. And I have another client that wants to do some sinks. But really for me, I'm used to being booked way out and I'm not. It, but it's good because this gives me the time, this whole 3D printing thing and the prototypes and the molds and all things. I've been, I've been wanting to do that for years. For yeah. years, I've been thinking about it. You know, I used to sell sink molds way back in the day, and the person that would make the the plastic molds for me passed away, and I couldn't find anybody that would do quality work, and so I just stopped doing it. I invested in the equipment right when COVID kicked off, and it took forever to show up. Then I sold my property in Arkansas, moved to Wichita, and all that stuff got put on hold for years. I owned the equipment, and it just sat there, you know, totally brand new, crated up, not even hooked up. For years, it sat there. And I'm finally set up in a shop here and I'm finally at a place to where I have the, the space, but I didn't have the time because I was busy. But now this lull in the business, and I know this is the way it goes. I've done this for 20 years. It's you're slam busy or you're dead. You're slam busy or you're right. dead. And so at this moment, I have a moment and I can focus on this. So that's why I bought the 3D printer and I did these things because there's a moment and I want to capitalize on this time because 
it's not going to last forever. And before you know it, we're going to have four or five projects backed up and clients like, where's my project? I got to have it. You know, you're back to being stressed out and cranking and working long days and working weekends and doing all the things you did because, you know, it was slow for a little bit. Now you're busy. And uh, that's just the nature of it. It's the nature of it. But you want to capitalize on those slow times. You want to capitalize on those slow times and make the most of it. The other thing that I think part of this conversation is one of the things that I've made a mistake of, and I think we all probably do, is you do the things like you go out to the farmer's market and you, you start to generate clientele and you get busy and you stop doing those things right. because you're busy. And then it's yep. like, then it starts to slow down again. And you know, oh, 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 and you get back and you go back to the farmer's market. Hey guys, how's it going? And you pick up work again. The smart thing to do is just be go every weekend. Just go every weekend and just be there and talk to people. That'd be the smart thing to do and keep a consistent presence Stay out there consistently or go every other week or whatever, but just a consistent presence to meet people, to have new clientele coming in. But I think we all get to the point where you just get really busy and then you just stop doing it and uh, stop, stop putting yourself out there. Stop making new connections, shaking hands, kissing babies, high fives. You know, you stop doing those things. And then at some point the work starts to slow down and then you scramble to do it again consistency, I think is a better way. And I'm guilty of that. I'm super guilty of that. And I need to be better. Yeah. Yeah, We're all guilty. And it's, uh, that's, that's the ebbs and flows for all of us. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, once again, striking and finding that balance and not being lazy because really at the end of the day, Oh, lazy. Yeah. That's part of it. Right. I mean, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, (laughs) um... (laughs) Well, the lazy thing, I totally forgot about that. So I, uh, we have a new graphic, stay lazy, my friends, and we're going to make, we're going to put it on t-shirts. We're going to put it on stickers. And if you want to get one, let me know. Here's what I'm going to do on this t-shirt. I was thinking, I haven't talked to you about this, John, but I was thinking about it is listen, here we go. Well, you and I'll buy the t-shirts, but the t-shirts, you know, it's typically about 20 bucks a shirt to have them printed, but then the shipping is about another 15 bucks, right? So here's the deal. Here's the deal I'll make with all of our listeners. I will send you a t-shirt for free, but you'll pay for the shipping, right? So I'll set up a link. You know, I'll I'll get on uh, USPS and just see what the average flat rate shipping. I think it's like 12 bucks or 15 bucks. You pay for the shipping and I'll send one of these t-shirts to you, right? So it's kind of like we both got skin in the game. We'll pay for the shirts. You pay for the shipping. Does that sound fair to you, John? There you go. Yeah, that's found. I love the graphic you put together and it's just fun. I mean, this is just meant to be fun, you know, whimsical, lighthearted. Again, it is fun. It is fun. But but the truth of the matter is when, when somebody throws a remark that is meant to be an insult, like, you know, it's just lazy to pour a mix and have it come out of the mold ready to, to essentially process and seal. That's lazy. And they meant it as an insult. For me, that was the ultimate compliment. Like the ultimate compliment is it's that easy. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I see here we are. You know, now we're talking about X days away from this. Look, I'll be the first to admit I'm human. Believe it or not, you know, you're not a robot. No matter what, I'm human. Yeah, I am not a robot. And there's times where all of us are passionate, and I am more than willing sometimes to put on my sleeve, my passion. So 
Yeah. You know, I, I heard some comments related to that. Hell man, I'll even say maybe I took them out of context. Uh, maybe I didn't, maybe I did. I don't know. But what I am saying is just like you, then I sat back. And so yesterday, I don't know what I call it. I haven't come up with a name, but what do they call those sinks that again, very shallow drain uh, infinity sinks. Is that what we all agreed now to call them infinity sinks? I don't know that you're so talking about the, uh, the Kanye West sink. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you're going to call okay. them. Who knows? So yeah, whatever they are. So I have a style like that and that's one that I'm literally cast yesterday where, you know, now it's upright cast and I'm not trying to take any skill away from anybody that may be able to, you know, uh, do a fabric form version, precast version or, or whatever. But when you do it upright cast, man, you have to be dialed in so you don't get what we call bird bass. You know what I mean? When you're doing 16 inch a foot or two feet as a drain, you need to be pretty skilled in what you're doing. So that's what we were doing yesterday. But then I started, th I started thinking about it, you know, and I'm like, well, I got to the shop at nine o'clock. <laughs> I, uh, I guess I did mix it up and, I cast and I set the mix. So I uh, basically waited about 45 minutes to an hour and I was online, had this <laughs> computer down. And then um, I pulled the edges and I, you know, troweled everything else, put one of my distinct finishes and, and then I uh, had everything packed and rolled out of there by 1230. <laughs> maybe, maybe I am lazy. <laughs> Dude, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. I just exactly. love Chappelle has this great thing where he talks about prints. And you remember when Chappelle show, they, they had the print skits where uh, Prince like beats everybody basketball, then cooks some pancakes. Oh, yeah, I love that one. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> he cooks everybody pancakes after he beats them at basketball. But anyways, yep, yep, yep. so Chappelle was on, I think Jimmy Fallon and he was talking about it and he was saying, you know, like we did this and, uh, and we make fun of Prince, but he's like, dude, Prince, he like judo flipped it. He took the picture of Chappelle dressed as Prince and put it on the cover of his next album, right? And he's like, what are we going to do? We can't sue Prince because he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm making fun of Prince. And Prince just took it and like put it on the cover of the album. He's like, it was a judo flip. It was genius. And yeah. I love that. I love that idea of like taking a negative and, and, you know, and putting it in a positive. And so. And just make it fun. Exactly. Yeah. That's my point with this is it was meant to be negative, but in my mind, it's a positive and I'm happy to run with it and, um, stay lazy. My yeah, friend. I just hope stay everybody lazy. sees that. Yeah. Again, you and I have come to a point where just like I was just talking to a minute ago to a certain individual that, you know, sometimes I feel like, man, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know what I mean? And meaning, you know, people are going to see it the way they want to see it. They're going to perceive whatever you do the way they want to see it through whether whatever set of lenses in their head that they want to see it at. And others are going to see the other one regardless of what your intentions are. So in this particular case, that's the same thing. I just started laughing and giggling and like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I got no issues with it. Um, I'll take it as a compliment. It's great. Um, I'll let, in fact, it's curing today. I'll go down and process tomorrow. And again, right. Look at where we're at now. And, and for a minute we were championing and it is like, Hey, yeah, no, tomorrow I'm going to go down. I'm going to process and seal same. I'll probably be in and out of there in about, I don't know, 
three hours maybe. Yeah. You know, well, I'll I even love, add one four. <laughs> I love <laughs> that. Uh, you know, this is one of the things it's, it's a, it's a funny thing. Stay lazy, my friends. It's funny, but I love the way people are embracing it and they're posting stuff on Facebook and Instagram. We're like, Hey, it's just me being lazy, pouring some, yeah. you know, pouring some rad mix and being done by noon. I'm, you know, a lazy day. I love that people are running with it. Uh, Phil, because he was holding his, again, I don't know what he calls his version, but uh, Joe calls his the coffin, you know, so he pours all the mix into the coffin and then he pulls the chute on the coffin so that it, it uh, fills the mold, uh, but he was calling himself lazy because he was holding the coffee, coffin up with his forklift. Just being lazy, you know, let my forklift do the work. Oh, that's funny, man. It's just funny. You're talking about the dump bucket they, they built. Essentially a bucket. Yeah, yeah, up and have a one way or another, so instead of him, you know, struggling to hold this thing, again, he's, you know, blaming it on a, let's call it an employee, the lazy employee that's sitting there holding it. That's just funny. Yeah. Come on, man. If we can't make fun of ourselves and just have fun, then, you know, what the hell are we, any of us, then what the hell are we doing? Come yep. on. So, yeah, stay lazy, my friends. I know that's what I'm doing today. I have a lazy day. It's all phone calls and, yeah, it's a pretty lazy day. Yeah. I don't need to go up at all. Well, dude, it was it's another line from a Jack Johnson song. I think it's the song Gone where um, I thought about it today. So I'm listening. I have my, my ear pods in and the line is, are there things that concern you more than your time? That's the line. Are there things that concern you more than your time? That's, that's really our focus with what we do and our ethos and why we do what we do, why we innovate things, why we do the processes we do, why we teach the classes we teach. This is about efficiency. It's about making the most of the time in your shop and making products that don't spend, you know, you have to spend two or three extra days on to get it presentable to a client. So yeah. are there things that concern you more than your time? For me, no, honestly, no, there aren't things that concern me more than my time. My time is the most important thing. And that's what I've felt for many years now. Really, and I've talked about this before, but it's really started when I had kids. That's when my time became much more valuable to me personally, because up until then, my time and the value I put on it was negligible. You know, if I yeah, spent an extra 40 hours on a project, eh, whatever. You know, eh, right. But now, no, bro, that 40 hours could be 40 hours I spent with my kids. And that's way more valuable to me than 40 hours slurrying pinholes and sanding and polishing and doing all those things. Mm-hmm. That's just my own perspective. And that's just where I'm at in life right now. Other people may be on a different trajectory and are at a different place. They were where I was back when my time wasn't valuable. Well, here we're talking about time, but that, see, that's that's a conversation I had with somebody. The the epiphany that finally hit me. Actually, it was AIM who enlightened me on this. And again, this goes to other subjects going on. You know what? Why are why is the materials that we seem to be using right now because can be perceived so I don't know so vitriol to other things. And even though you and me sometimes we could put on this you know, flak jacket and be like, ah, oh, because, you know, we're not using polymer and that makes us better or, but whatever, but whatever, whatever, whatever. The reality is, and aim hit me on it. And I think I even wrote this to you is a really good friend of mine and colleague, Alex Rusinov, um, thick, thick accent, Russian. And I could go on to like him and I couldn't <laughs> like legit and I'm laughing and he knows this. I could not sit down with a conversation with this man. He was brilliant chemist. And I just couldn't because his accent was so heavy that I just like, 
blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, I just don't understand what he's saying. So <laughs> it was funny because like the two of us could be literally sitting. I'd go down to his place down here in San Fran and I'd have to bring my laptop down sometimes. No kidding. I mean, it's embarrassing to me anyway, be, but we'd have to communicate via email to really get a gist of what he's doing. But where am I going with this? Years ago, years ago, and this is like blue concrete days when I got together with him and, and he helped me really learn electrolyte theories in the whole nine yards. And, and where he was on his path at that moment was not where I was at the path. And in this case, I'm just going to bring up that, you know, again, the devil word polymers. And he had all these reasons, um, legitimate reasons, and that he was educating me on and why there was other advantages to other things and et cetera, et cetera. But even though I heard everything he said, where I was that at that moment in my journey is I found every reason to validate what I was doing. Not that he was trying to say what I was doing was wrong, but you know what I mean? I, I, it sounds terrible. It's like sometimes with your parents, right? They keep telling you and telling you, telling you, but you know, ultimately you have to find out for yourself. So anyway, where am I going with this? I, I just, Aim enlightened me to all this stuff. And Alex has passed away some time ago. But I remember that time, man. But she had to bring it back up to me is who I was then to where I am now. And I think at some point, not saying everybody will end up in a, you know, on the same path or even along the same journey. But you and me and a lot of other people, you know, based on where we've been and at least where we think we're going, we're just on a different journey. That's all. And that journey, I guess, you know, we don't have to fight about it. No. I guess that's what I'm well, saying. Well, it's also stupid. We, at the end of the day, it's just concrete. I mean, literally, silly, yeah. it's the stupidest thing. When you sit back, when you have just a moment of clarity and you sit back and like, what are we arguing about? What is this about? Right. Are you right. serious? You know, I, I, yeah. uh, I got off one of the forums um, on Facebook this week, just because I'm like, what, what benefit is this to my life? There is none. No. There's literally zero benefit of being involved in this. Sean is bringing friction, friction. Sean Albright, I mean. Albright. Yeah. Is that what I said? I meant Sean yeah. Albright. Yeah. But I just, at some point you like have moments of clarity and you're like, what am I doing and why am I doing it? And yeah. it's just so stupid. Really at the end of the day, all this is stupid. This is concrete. We get passionate about it because it's our livelihood, because we do this for yeah. a living. And it's something that I've done for a long time and you've done for a long time. And I never intended for this to be my life. Like when I started down this concrete path, if this wasn't my vision that 21 years later, I'd still be doing it, but here I am and I'm still doing it. And I love it as much today as I did back then, but we're passionate about it. And those passions can, can fuel these types of arguments or infighting or whatever right. it is, tribalism, whatever happens. Yeah. But when you really have a moment and you sit back and like, what is this? It's so stupid. It is literally yeah. the stupidest thing in the world. It's meaningless. Use our products. Don't use our products. Use that sealer. Don't use that sealer. Whatever you want to do it's your business. You do what you want to do. It's just, it's ridiculous thing to even to even. Well, that's what Aim and I were talking about. They like, you know, back to this. Sometimes I feel like, although I don't go to games, like it's like walking into the giant stadium, but you accidentally, no, 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 that's not even true. So my son was just wrestling, right? And like, this is legit something that happened. And you got to think about when you walk through the doors. 
So when you walk through a doors of a gym and they were having a tournament in Calaveras and Calaveras is the rival school and no kidding, man, it's like 12 miles away, right? Uh, well, really 25 cause I'm in Murphy's, but 10 to 12 miles away from angels camp, the rivalry school. And I started laughing because without even thinking about it, I'm going to watch my son wrestle. I had thrown on the, the purple and gold Bret Hart sweatshirt to go support my son. And then you walk through the door and you're like, Oh shit. What side of the gym do I sit on? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of how I felt with the polymer thing. Like, wait a minute. Did I just step, you know, did I accidentally walk onto the Calaveras side of the bleachers and I'm the odd man out and everybody's like, ah, yeah. You know, because I didn't follow the path of everybody else. I didn't go to this school or maybe I didn't graduate here or whatever the case may be. It's just, and then you just laugh because it's, it's ridiculous. Who freaking cares? You're in a gymnasium, support your kids. It's a wrestling match and have a good time with it. 100%. So. And keep it all in perspective. It's just concrete. It is just yeah. concrete. It is the stupidest thing in the world to argue about. Yeah. And we're just on a different path. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't wait to some of the next advancements that I'm working on to inter which I'm already introducing to a, a few customers right now that, uh, that I sent some samples to. And, and again, we're just, we're looking at this as a very different perspective, not saying it's the only perspective, but it's right for us. And, um, and we feel good about it and the results are showing and, I'm proud as hell. And, and then we just got to leave it there. Leave it there. So John, we got to wrap this thing up here. It's almost an hour. We've been talking. Let me pull up concrete design school. So I can remember the dates. Uh, first through the third, because I just had the polytech guy. Oops. Did I let that slip? I had, <laughs> that doesn't matter. Right. No. I just had the polytech guy that I was, uh, had to talk to you about. So I believe it's the first or the third. Yeah, first or third. So the Concrete Heroes Quest, Joe Bates Shop, Napa, California. That's going to be an advanced mold making class and Ramcrete. That's going to be May 1st through 3rd, Napa, California. Fabric Forming Concrete Sink plus GFRC. That's going to be at my shop here in Kansas, June 21st to the 23rd. Furniture Design Workshop. You're going to design and build your own little piece of furniture out of concrete. That's going to be August 16th through 18th here in Kansas. And then the Basics, our Fundamental Workshop, is going to be September 28th and 29th here in Kansas. So you can go to ConcreteDesignSchool.com. Uh, one update, John. Sean Albright is not able to attend the Hero's Quest in uh, May. So we wish him the best. Mm -hmm. But um, well, yeah, so he's not going to be attending. But um, anything else? No, anything else. No, I can't think of it. Adios, amigo. Adios. Have a good one.